0: This is Dice Cape Podcast. We begin with a bright flash of light and a pop as a lifeless body is illuminated as a photograph is taken. The body lays upon the dilapidated cobblestone courtyard of the Aram Lumina Factory Concord within the district of Nevermore known as the Ore. We see the body is mangled, nearly split in two, from the neck down to the pelvis. On the ground remains various organs and entrails as this body was eviscerated violently. Surrounding it, a pool of blood mixed with some type of dark liquid. We see another pop and a flash of bright light that captures this gruesome scene as we watch the camera lower, revealing the one wielding it. We see a woman in her early 30s Wearing a long black jacket, dark pants, and a shirt with short brown hair, a pixie cut would be the best way to describe her hairstyle. Her build is that of a runner as she kneels down toward the remains to get a better look. We see her eyes narrow on this dark liquid that seems to continually ooze from the body. We watch her place the camera down next to her as she reaches inside to grab a vial from her jacket. And as she does, we catch a glimpse of a badge with the abbreviation O-U-P also known as the Office of Unexplained Phenomena. As she uncorks the vial, we hear the sound of footsteps approaching her as we shift our focus towards the other figures. One is of a man in his late 50s, balding and stout in stature, a pair of thick spectacles upon his nose, wearing clothes that are overdue for a change, carrying a leather doctor's bag in one hand. Beside him, we see another figure, A man in his early 40s, sharp jawline, short black hair, wearing a navy blue suit with polished gold buttons and various insignia upon his uniform, with an officer cap upon his head. As he approaches, we see his badge, Corporal Hannigan of the Sentinels, the policing body of Nevermore. We watch Corporal Hannigan and the doctor move toward the woman who stands to attention as Corporal Hannigan speaks to her. Officer Navarro, Corporal, Any, uh, ideas what happened here? Honestly, not a clue, but I don't think it's the suspect we have. Um, There's no way any person is capable of doing this as she points towards the body. We watch Corporal Hannigan kneel towards it, taking a good look. We see that he seems a little taken aback by it, trying to hold his composure. The doctor, on the other hand, holds up a cloth to his mouth, sweat pooling on his forehead. Well, before we jump to any conclusions, I think we should have our expert the good doctor here do a proper examination and a post-mortem report before we um, let our main suspect loose. Sir, with all due respect, I can't see how that kid over there did it. I mean, look at him. As she says this, we shift our focus to the young man in question. We see a gaunt and frail individual, his hands handcuffed behind his back. We see a large gash across his shoulder upon his jumpsuit which is torn and the rest of it covered in viscera and blood. As the young man lifts his head, we see the familiar face of Victor Kral, and standing next to him, another sentinel officer, watching him closely as we shift our focus back to Officer Navarro, the doctor, and Corporal Hannigan. We can't be for certain, considering who he's related to. What is that supposed to mean? As Officer Navarro says this, Corporal Hannigan adjusts his cap and begins walking in that direction, but turns back to face Officer Navarro. Nothing you need to worry about here, Officer. You focus on doing whatever it is that you do, this hocus-pocus work, and uh, leave the interrogation to me. As he says that, he leaves the doctor and Officer Navarro as he strides toward Victor. Victor, you hear the footsteps approaching, echoing off the buildings that reside here within this Aram Lumina courtyard as they come to a stop next to you. Officer Jasper, you're relieved from watching our suspect here. Please keep an eye on the doctor and uh, our friend Officer Navarro over there. Let me know if there's anything they say that should be brought to my attention. Understood? We see Officer Jasper nod and walks away, leaving Corporal Hannigan and Victor. Corporal Hannigan kneels down to be at eye level with Victor, looking him in the eyes. Victor Crow, correct?
1: Yeah, that is me.
0: All right, Mr. Crow. What can you, um... Tell me about what happened here this evening? What's your story?
1: I mean... You have not heard it yet? I am... You, You must have heard it.
0: I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. What is it?
1: Okay, um... I went out for a break. I... Just talking, you know. It's a, a regular day for us. We 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 go out, and uh, he. Do you believe in in ghosts?
0: I mean, being honest, not really. But you have me interested. Continue.
1: Well. Something along those lines came out of him. Um, I, I was smoking, and uh, he, he started to fall to the ground, and something came out of him. It, it was like a, uh, almost like blood, but it was, it, was, it wasn't the right color it started to drip and he fell to the ground convulsing and he exploded. His legs emerged from his chest cavity and he had been fine moments ago and then he wasn't.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: It I I, I know I sound crazy and I know what you must have heard but I am telling you something emerged from him nothing that I have seen before
0: alright Victor well I got another question for you just to kind of settle some Questions I have in my own mind uh, about this situation here. Um, the last name Crowell sounds—I I feel like I've heard it somewhere before. Maybe the papers, or you know, that's right. Are you—are you by chance related to uh, a Lydia Crowell?
1: I—I I am she was my grandmother. She passed just a a year ago.
0: Hmm. Well. From what I read, she was, uh, known too for having some, uh, strange visions. Or what I heard, at least. And, uh, Maybe it runs in the family.
1: So you uh, believe everything you read? Someone tells you something, you believe it. Is that easy to get into your head?
0: It's not that I necessarily believe everything I read. But you have to understand, Victor. He leans in closer. I can get my information elsewhere than everybody else has access to. And I've heard things about your grandma.
1: Are you trying to intimidate me? You you have me in cuffs. I I don't know what else you're trying to do, because if you're trying to do something, it's not working.
0: He just stares at you for a moment. As he does, we're going to shift our focus away from Victor and Corporal Hannigan as we see three figures approaching the outer perimeter of the courtyard that leads into this section of the ore district where several factories that process aram Lumina reside. We see this fence that stretches around it in this U-shape. As these figures approach, we see outside the gate as they pass by these Model T-style cars with the symbol of the Sentinel precinct upon it There is also a horse-drawn carriage that bears the painted text corner upon the backside of it. As they approach, the only space that is illuminated beyond this in the courtyard is some gas lanterns that are set up near the scene of the event. As we shift our focus to the faces of these three figures, the familiar faces of Arthur, Marvin, and Dominic. As they stand on the edge of the courtyard you would see three figures standing next to what looks like the remains of someone on the ground. You see two of them kneeling down to examine the body the other watching the surrounding area. Beyond them you see two other figures near one of the buildings to the right of them. You see one sitting on the ground, their hands behind their back and the other kneeling down in conversation with them. As you all stand on the edge of this entrance, the gate open to walk through, you get a good look of the area, the buildings surrounding it, these dark silhouettes covered in ash and soot. As the three of you stand here, Arthur, Marvin, and Dominic, what are you all doing?
2: I think as we walk up, I will uh, point over to Victor on the ground and say, it's the ex-student of mine that I told you about on the way here. Uh, reason to believe he didn't do it, and I'll point over to seemingly the body on the ground and say, I think the belief here is that's where the phenomenon happened uh, that we want to get a closer look at. So how do you all want to handle this?
3: Well, there's no way that kid did that.
4: I'd be down to try and convince him to get out of here.
2: All right. So you uh, want to take alone, uh, the individual talking to uh, Victor?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, no problem at all. Maybe I'll buy you a little space so you can talk to Victor.
2: All right. I'm um, assuming we should take a look at the phenomenon. Then I'll uh, I'll get my stuff ready as we walk over. See if I can compare it to anything. It looks like they might have someone over there that might have a better idea than what's going on, other than the standard sentinels the one with the camera, but I guess we'll see when we get close, so we'll have to talk to them.
3: Yeah. I bet this is uh, well beyond what the Sentinel can understand.
2: All right. Let's get it done.
0: Now let's start walking.
2: As will I, I'll, I'll stride right up,
5: making first steps towards the Sentinel near uh, Victor.
0: As you all walk through the threshold of the gate, you do, as you kind of start to disperse a bit there, you do notice that the individual, the officer that was... Keeping a lookout near the body looks towards your group as they call out. Excuse me, you cannot be here. This is an active crime scene.
4: We're just concerned citizens. We're just- we heard some disturbances and we wanted to make a report. We heard, um, I'm happy to- to do so.
0: Marvin, as you call out, you see one of the other figures stands up. This woman waves over to your group and she begins heading in your direction. She looks towards the other officer there. I'll chat with him. Don't don't worry about this. As she starts approaching your group. But you do see as she does, the officer that called out to you begins to head towards Victor and Corporal Hannigan. The woman approaches The three of you would recognize this individual, Officer Navarro. The OUP, the Office of Unexplained Phenomena, will sometimes reach out to Candela for assistance in things like this. So as she approaches, looking at your group, Dominic, Marvin, Arthur, I was hoping you all would have made it here sooner, but glad Alex got the message to you.
3: At least they were wise enough to send uh, someone from
0: OUP, if not
3: us.
4: Have you found out any leads, officer?
0: I'm not sure what did this. Uh, this is something I personally have not come across during my time working for the OEP.
3: That is the wisest thing I've heard from someone from your office.
0: You'd actually admit that you don't understand it. That's. Well, that's a good step. Always the wise ass, Dominic.
4: He beat me to it. I was gonna say it was that kid over there for sure.
3: Ah, uh, well. Yeah, why, what's with that? Look at his little arms. He has nothing to do with this. Why is he cuffed up over there? That's
0: what I said to Corporal Hannigan over there. But okay, good. Just he's kind of, well, you'll you'll if you have the pleasure of speaking with him, you'll know. But <laughs> I don't think the kid didn't do this. I I know Cor- Corporal Hannigan's going to try and put it on him because of the nature of the situation. But there, if you see this body, there is no way. He did this. It's just there's there's a lot of like this black ichor around the body, but uh, beyond that, I don't. That's why I called you all here to see maybe if you can find something I'm I'm not seeing.
3: So no other witnesses have made themselves known.
0: Uh, well, there were the couple that saw Victor next to the body after whatever happened happened but they've they've been debriefed and um, sent away uh their witness reports have been taken okay um beyond that the only other one that would have seen what happened was the kid well
3: if he's our only witness someone should tell a corporal over there that you got more flies with honey I don't know why he's got him cuffed and looks like he's browbeating him right now.
0: Yeah, he always thinks he can just get up in people's faces and think that that's going to work, but one of these days somebody's just going to spit in his face. and That's probably. Maybe that's what he wants. I don't know.
4: I think you could get us some uh, FaceTime with Victor or with um, the body? Like, without Corporal there?
0: Yeah, I. Let me see what I can do. Um, as she says this, you see that at this point, Corporal Hannigan is heading in the direction of your group. Oh, great. All right. Maybe if one of you stays here with me and we can chat with them, a couple of you can go try and maybe look at the...
4: Well, I'm happy to talk with Corporal Hannigan anytime. Hi, Corporal. I I know that I have a couple things that I'm supposed to report to you.
0: All right, who who sent you, um, Officer Navarro? Who are these folks here? I called for them. Uh, this is, she points to the three of you. This is Dominic, uh, Marvin, and, and Arthur here. They they
4: they're my bodyguards. I was a little scared to come into the district after what I saw.
0: Dominic stands
3: tall, tries to look the part. It's not hard for him.
0: Corporal Hannigan looks at the three of you. Looks at Marvin looks at like Dom, kind of nods, then looks at Arthur. Bodyguard?
2: I think having
0: uh, heard him say
2: that, I almost look up from the open book I had, uh, trying to pull stuff up. Like, uh, yes. Yes. That's why we're here.
4: Sometimes you need a smart one too. <laughs>
0: Alright, well. What?
4: They're just gonna stand over there but I have to make a private report to you. I, this is kind of a little um, embarrassing. So,
0: all right, you were here at the scene uh, when this happened. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to make sense of all the.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I tend to like to just try to peddle my wares after payday. It's. It's kind of the best spot. It, they're they're a little receptive to, like, purchasing stuff after they've gotten money. You know how it is, right?
0: Hmm. All right.
4: Well, I just... So I was trying to get a bunch of them uh, out here, and I noticed that there was a bunch of bloom being sold. And... So I was just kind of keeping an eye out so I could gather information for all you kind officers, and I heard a giant commotion and just, I think maybe one of the machines, like, exploded and maybe hit this poor man, I don't know what it was, maybe it was a whole bunch of people, but it was was super loud. Um, I could point you and show you and describe where it all happened.
0: As you explain this to Corporal Hannigan, his eyes narrow as they look at Marvin. Go ahead and make a sway roll for me.
5: Absolutely. I will spend a drive. Actually, I will not spend a drive. It's gilded and I have two dice. So I'm going to roll two the uh, with one of them being gilded. Is this high stakes or low stakes?
0: It is, it is a high stakes roll
5: um so my gilded die is a six
0: as you're explaining this to them he gets a little bit closer nodding alright well if you want to show me what you're talking about I'm, I'm happy to oblige
4: absolutely thank you corporal I, I knew you were a good upstanding officer of the law let's just start where I saw the gloom being sold that's, that's really important to this as well because I think it may have been involved with the, with the the, murder, is that what happened? I think so. So let's just go around this way.
5: And I'm gonna just take him for a very, very long walk around this factory, buying as much time as I can. I will punt, point out mundane things. I will, <laughs> I will slip things <laughs> into things if I need to. Okay,
0: all right. So because you're trying to distract Corporal Hannigan, I'm gonna introduce a countdown dice in this scenario. So I'm gonna say because you rolled a six on your dice there, the uh, success on just convincing him to go do this, anyways. I'm going to start it at a five. So essentially, that'll be the amount of time you allow your companions to try and get what they need before Corporal Hannigan is done being walked around. So you see Corporal Hannigan, Dominic, and Arthur. You see Corporal Hannigan and Marvin begin heading towards the factory as you hear Marvin explaining what they saw and uh, keeping keeping them distracted for the time being giving you two the opportunity to do what you need to do so on that note what are dom and arthur doing in this moment as you're given this time by your other circle member marvin
3: well while marvin is uh playing the professional tour guide arthur here i actually i brought a bleed containment vial. maybe you want to look at the body and i'll go see about this but your student victor
2: i think that's Probably the best plan. There's one other individual over there, I believe, with Victor, right?
0: There is. So as you look over uh, with Victor, there is another officer there standing next to Victor.
2: I'll turn to uh, Officer Navarro here and say... Um, I say we go take a look at the bodies. Is there any way you can get that officer over here as well? Maybe he can assist in explaining what may have happened. Yeah, we can. As far as he's aware. At least. I,
3: I'll go get him for you if you like. Sure,
0: that that works. I'll I'll bring Arthur over to the to the body here, and we can begin looking over it. And yes, Dom, if yeah. you if you don't mind doing that, that would be great.
3: So Dom is gonna like uh, trot over there. You know, he doesn't want to look like he's in a hurry, but he certainly doesn't want to just walk. So uh, a good healthy trot over. What do I see when I walk up?
0: Yeah, when you walk over, Officer Jasper is just standing next to Victor, his arms crossed, look watching you approach. I've met Jasper before. You've never met Officer Jasper.
3: Okay, and he's he's wearing the Sentinel uniform, or not. yes,
0: he is a Sentinel. Yeah, he's a Sentinel Precinct Officer, like Corporal Hannigan.
3: Okay, so I know he's incompetent. Got it. I stand very tall, and I assume that I uh, <laughs> am much larger than him. I'm not great at intimidation, but I'm very good at being intimidating. (laughs) Your colleague over there, he's asking for you. I'm going to have a moment with the prisoner. Not going to give him any credentials, nothing. Not until he asks for it. I'm going to see how much uh, clout I just had by just walking over.
0: As you walk and bring your presence and command, essentially this officer that had hailed to go assist Go to make a sway roll for me. This gonna be another high stakes situation. All right. So I've got
3: two. <laughs> um. Then I'm gonna use a drive. Okay. So that's one more die. Here we go. Okay. I got a, a four and two twos. So a four.
0: He looks at you for a minute. My orders were to stay here. Watch the suspect. All
3: right, I'm not arguing that. But are you suggesting that your new orders will be ignored? You want me to walk back there and tell them that?
0: He doesn't say anything. This is
3: to- just a professional courtesy. Like I'm doing him a favor. That's how I say it.
0: He doesn't say anything to you, but he does begrudgingly leave. But I will set the expectation that because that was a mixed success, there will likely be factors that will play in later from that.
3: Yes, it, it seems like he'll talk about me <laughs> once he gets to his commanding officer.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's going that's actually going to drop the the countdown dice down by 1. Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he's now being sent over to his commanding officer, to Corporal Hannigan, who is being walked around by Marvin. Being told something that was false, so he walks away, heading towards Corporal Hannigan and Marvin. But you are alone here with Victor.
3: Okay, I'll flash a look at Arthur, and let him <laughs> take take part in uh, as his part of the mechanics through this.
0: As we cut away from Dom to Arthur, Officer Navarro brings you over to the body. Arthur, it is pretty. Uh, you've seen you've seen some interesting things during your time in Candela. But this is certainly beyond the scope of of things you have experienced so far. This body is quite, well, it's not in good shape.
2: I think as I walk up, I will uh, pull the handkerchief out, covering my uh, nose and mouth, before squatting down next to it and say, Officer, if you can at least let me know what you've found so far to minimize the amount of touching I have to do, I would appreciate it.
0: As you say this to her, she kneels down. So I've already collected a little bit of whatever this this dark liquid is here. And as she pointed out, you see that there is this like iridescent sheen to it, but you notice, um, as as she says, there are like flecks of almost scarlet red flakes within the black ichor. This dark liquid. She shows that to you. This is all I've collected so far. Beyond that, I just I don't think that whatever did this was... I don't think a human being could do
2: this. When I see that vial she has, does it look like what's currently coming out of the body?
0: It does, yes. It looks absolutely similar.
2: I will go ahead and uh, I'll take that bleed containment vial that uh, Dominic gave me and scoop some of it up myself um, before taking out my... uh, what I typically use to lecture, my collapsible uh, stick... It lets me point to the top of the boards uh, to see if I can start moving the body around a little bit and see if I can get a better idea of uh, damage that's been done to it, other than the obvious.
0: Yeah, as you take out the, the stick there, you've got to start looking at the body. The, the, the coroner, the doctor there is like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> I don't think you sh- this, is a, this is a crime scene. And messing with the uh, body and evidence is against protocol.
2: I think I'm going to stop immediately when I hear that and just, without moving, just turn my head towards him and be like, do I know you or something? Ah, he pushes
0: glasses up his his face.
2: Oh, I I did, you know, I I didn't think I did, so thanks. And I'll turn her back and just keep doing what I was doing.
0: Okay, so as you you move the body around, go ahead and make a, a focus roll for me. Due to
2: my meticulous notes, I get another D6 for this. Uh, Okay, this, this, this. One of them's gilded, and I'll spend one drive on it as well. So four dice. That is a
0: five. A five. Okay. As you look at the body and move it around, the the sight of this, you spend most of your time in halls and libraries. You didn't spend time on the battlefield during the war, but you've heard stories of things that happened. And as you look and see the way this body was basically peeled in half, like a piece of fruit just torn open, there's this moment where the sight is so overwhelming that you have to look away as you take a brain.
2: Do I get an idea of kind of at least from my book studies here, anything that might have been able to do this?
0: Yeah. In your peripheral, you see, one, trails of this black ichor heading towards a building to the northwest of this courtyard. And the other thing you see is what looks like this white silk threading material that seems to come out of where, essentially, the the top of the ribcage, the sternum, would be. There's traces of just this white silken material. And as you see that and regain your focus, you think to your book, to your notes, you know there's something in your books. This, this is something I've, I've studied before. As you grab your book, in this moment, you flip the pages to a section where you've tucked away written notes during your time at Candela. And you flip it open, and you see this image of this creature with these long, gaunt legs, this bulbous head, this maw that has endless rows of teeth. As you're looking, what was called, what is known as a Nightmare Crawler.
2: I think I'm going to turn the book... So that uh, the officer can see and say, Does this look like something that could do that?
0: Uh, I, I, is that, is that even real? Well,
2: uh, I guess we're going to find out. I will clap my book shut, stand up, and start
0: walking back over to Dom. Okay, so we cut away from Arthur, and we- Don'ts
3: Macabre is a sassy bunch. <laughs> What's our what's our time? Uh, like what's the countdown?
0: So with that, that's actually going to drop it down to three because of the mixed success. As we shift over to Marvin, who is walking along with Corporal Hannigan, explaining what they saw. Right, so I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around all of this. Explain that to me again.
4: Yeah. So this is where I kind of chased off the individuals selling gloom. You know, the little like middle-aged woman and, and I think it was her son who was also peddling it too. But one of them tucked like a weapon around the corner here and I actually think I might be able to find it if you want to help me look.
0: I'm I'm just... So you're telling me an old woman and, and you said their son? Middle-aged, middle-aged. M- mi- middle-aged. middle-aged, all right. M- this middle-aged She's woman? She's a little
4: bit stronger.
0: All right, so you're telling me a middle-aged woman and her son are selling glimmer? Is that...
4: Yeah, I think that's what... I think that's what they call it on the streets.
0: Alright, well show me this show me this weapon. I think you saw them, I guess, have it on them.
5: Yeah, so I'm I'm going to try to slide a hand while we're rummaging through like the corners of these alleys. I'm going to try and slide a hand my own hand weapon, my little knife that I have. Uh, It's it's pretty decent size. It's not a folding knife. It's one I had in my boot. And I'm going to put a little bit of my flash powder that I have and right on the blade and then try to basically call out attention that I found something that they were like cutting the drugs with.
0: As you go to try and place your own weapon, you hear the footsteps of the other officer approaching Corporal Hannigan. He he turns back to him. Hold on one second. I think they They found something over here. Oh,
4: thank God you're here, officer. We needed a second pair of eyes. A third pair. I'm going to help, too.
0: So go ahead, and this is going to be a hide check for me, Marvin. Uh, This is obviously high stakes as you attempt to try and pull the wool over these these two officers' eyes and give your your companions more time.
5: Yep, so this is the same thing. I'm going to roll one gilded and one regular dot. Okay. I'm not going to spend any drive. So my gilded is a four. Uh, My regular is a three. I'm going to take the four, obviously. But I'm going to use a flourish and spend two of the cunning drives and move it up to a full success. Uh, That might use my flourish. So I'm going to just, I'm going to cut a little grin beaming at them as uh the other officer comes in and i'm gonna actually accidentally like kick one of the boxes and kind of reveal the knife with my phone oh
0: it's are you are you all right oh, did you i stumbled I'm oh sorry. my gosh they're I tripped
4: on something i think
0: corporal hannigan walks over well, hot damn yeah i guess you weren't kidding
4: oh what is it what you find did you find the weapon
0: yeah there's a there's a knife here
4: huh That was the one that they were like using with the drugs. I'm glad you found it. I feel a lot safer now.
0: Jasper, can you come over here? Do you have something you can collect this with? You see, Officer Jasper walks over and pulls out like a white cloth from his jacket and kneels down to collect the knife on the ground. As he does, we're gonna cut away from Marvin, who is still distracting them, back to Dominic and Victor, who are now alone in this moment. Beyond and as Arthur's approaching the two of you, and you would see still Officer Navarro. And the the doctor, the coroner, still examining the body.
3: Okay, so if Arthur's on his way over, it means a couple of things. But hopefully, it means he's done with the body and he's discovered what he needs to discover. And uh, Dom will lure himself onto his onto his flanks. And uh, your professor there doesn't believe you ripped that guy apart.
1: I, I don't believe I ripped that guy
3: apart. It's okay. Neither do I.
1: You're kind of big for a cup.
3: <laughs> can No, I've seen way more than any cop has seen. Listen, if uh, you got nothing to do with this, except maybe you witnessed it, we need to talk to you. These people don't know what they're doing. We're gonna get you out of here.
1: Out of here, like, legally out of here, or like we are running out of here?
3: Well, he uh, sidesteps and gets behind him and gets his uh, ham-sized fists around the cuffs, and he looks up to see Arthur approach. Uh, Let me just talk to my colleague before I make any decisions that are, you know, where I can't do any uh, do-overs, like with a broken chain.
1: Uh, for the record, too, I would like to avoid a broken arm. I kind of have a frail frame, some might say, so if you could just be just just a little gentle.
3: I'm not blind. Don't worry. I know you're paper thin. Arthur, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Should I just bust him out? Looks like, uh, you know, the clock's ticking.
2: I'll go ahead, uh, real quick, flash him open the page of the Nightmare. Like about 90% sure this did it. I don't think he did.
3: That, um, I think there's a good chance, GM, that I've, uh, seen these in the field.
0: Yeah. So as Arthur shows this to both of you, essentially, uh, mm-hmm. Dominic, you have absolutely seen these. And you know that they will torment your mind. They are known for being stealthy and encroaching on individuals that are sleeping. And when they do, they never wake up unless you bring them down. You had soldiers in your platoon that were unfortunately around one of these while they were sleeping and they were just locked in this infinite nightmare.
3: Oh, so they go to sleep and they don't wake up. Okay.
0: And then Victor, you, as you see this image as Arthur's holding it out, this is what you saw without a doubt.
1: You, Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. Um, I tried to fight it with a knife. Do you do you know how it? How do I say it? Uh, how it affect? How it got into him? How it? How it got into Philip?
3: No, if I if I heard correctly, was there something to do with it coming out of him? He uh, he looks like he. Yeah uh, did. Sorry if it's a friend of yours. We don't have time to for niceties. Looks like you he, he exploded, or was. Burst from the inside, like you can't—you can't rip someone apart like that from the outside.
1: It, yeah, it, it was more like an implosion. Okay. I, I don't even know how it fit inside of him. It—it—it it, it came out, and it was three, four times the size.
3: Son, I need to urge you to uh, stop depending on the logic of things that you've known. What you've seen today is not like other things. I've
1: started to see crazy things. I. I guess it makes sense.
3: You saw things?
1: I, I yeah, I see many things. Well, I mean, do you have something specific in mind?
3: Well, it's just that these get into your head. Well, I... I thought maybe it was just while, while they were sleeping, but...
1: I mean, I... Could be elsewise. I don't think anything related to, to this, but... It's, it's an entire story. If okay. if we get out of this, I, I'll, I'll fill you in.
6: But uh, Victor will kind of like look around for a second.
1: Uh, should we be getting out of
0: here?
3: Yeah. Okay. So this is going to be a, a big roll.
0: Yeah. So as the handcuffs, you're going to just try and sheer force pull these apart. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a strike high stakes on this as you are trying to literally pull metal apart. Uh, okay. So I've got
3: a gilded. And I've got three points on it.
0: Okay, so that's, yeah. So that's so two, two regular dice, one gilded, without adding any drive.
3: And I'm going to add, and I can add, up, I can roll up to six die, right? Six dice? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do it all. Okay, six die. That's the wrong color. Phew, I almost have lots of gilded. Okay, here we go. Okay, so this is uh, Dom, just his arms bunching like red woods. <laughs> Huge hand flexing. Oh, okay, so I've got ai got a six. It's not gilded though, but I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: Okay, so as you flex your arms like Redwoods, as you describe, you hear the bending of metal getting totter and totter and totter, and then it snaps. Snaps in a way that it actually, just the sheer force causes this like, go this vibration through and it causes the latches on each of the cuffs to just break uh, as Victor's wrists are freed from these handcuffs here.
3: Dom opens his hands and lets the metal tumble to the ground. And in the next second, he has his 44 in his hand. Arthur, point me in the
2: direction. Yeah, it uh, looks like, at least from the tracks I was able to see, I went that way and I'll hold up my finger and point to the building I saw the Uh, bleeding gloom going towards. And I'll turn to Officer Navarro, who I'm assuming has seen this, say, if you'd like to fight a demon, feel free to carry along. Uh, If not, completely understandable and probably the more rational choice. And I'll start walking that way.
3: And Dom will full bull charge in that direction, trusting Arthur, because this is what he does, to keep everyone away from me while I do my work.
0: Okay. All right. So as you charge forward, uh, Arthur following, what is Victor doing in this moment? As you are now freed and you see these two figures heading in the direction of where you saw this creature leap through the window.
6: Um, I think Victor will first kind of call out to them and be like,
1: where where do you want me to go?
2: Well, I mean, if you care about any amount of vengeance for your friend there, I advise you to tag along. Victor will kind of tap his foot just for just a
6: second and then immediately just pull out his little tiny pocket knife that he's got on him and will start to just trudge right after him.
0: All right. So as Victor, as you follow catching up to Arthur, Dom leading the way, getting closer to the building, you see Officer Navarro kind of just keeping an eye out, looking for, she nods as you all pass by her. Uh, She's trying to look around and find Marvin, uh, Corporal Hannigan, and Officer Jasper as we cut away from the group here in the courtyard back to Marvin, Corporal Hannigan, and Officer Jasper as Officer Jasper looks to Corporal Hannigan. So... Apparently, You wanted to speak with me about something. The big burly man told me you had there was something you need to discuss. Um, I told you to stay with the, the suspect. That was an order. Marvin, you would hear this conversation going on as Officer Jasper looks towards Corporal Hannigan. <sighs> I knew he was lying.
4: Oh, I don't think he was lying. I think he was probably meaning for you to come get me. Let's go back. Let's go see what's going on
0: so you start heading back uh, in that direction they're moving pretty quickly pretty briskly uh, heading back towards the main area of the of the crime scene uh, as
4: officers I appreciate I appreciate your hurry. Let's slow down, let me keep up with you or I'm gonna be unsafe. The glimmer crazy people could still be out here.
0: Go ahead, Marvin. This is gonna be another sway roll, trying to convince them to slow down. This is gonna be, uh, again, uh, we're in kind of a high stakes mode at this point to see if they slow down or not.
5: Yeah, same thing. I'm not gonna spend a drive. Yeah, one gilded, one regular. The regular is a five and the gilded is a two. So I'll take the five for a mixed success.
0: Okay, so with the mixed success, for a moment, as you ask them to slow down, they continue to stride forward, not seeming to slow down at first. And Marvin, you have a moment where you see them leaving, getting further and further away. And there's this strange sensation you feel, this, like being left behind. Oh, no. While they're only about 30 feet away, they feel like they are getting further and further and further and further and further as you feel yourself just fading in the distance you're gonna take a brain on that but they do eventually they're like come on hurry up pick it up
4: i'm trying i'm trying i'm running
0: as they run back to the main area there i take a little bit of time but they do realize that victor is gone and they kind of start looking around at this point and that's where we're gonna cut away from corporal hannigan officer jasper marvin as they arrive back to dom victor and Arthur at the entrance of this building here. As you get to this factory building, Dom, you would first notice on the ground, there's broken glass there. The window is shattered. You know how big these things are as you see that, but as you go to reach for the door, you grab it and it is locked. You feel yourself like kind of (sighs) shunk up against it uh, as you try and go in, but it is locked.
3: Okay. Um, Is it like chain lock or is it locked at the-
0: Simply just just like, like a deadbolt, essentially.
3: Okay. Well, <laughs> this is what I'm here for. I'll do another <laughs> feat of strength, and uh, I'll bust it down. I'll I'll, I'll shoulder it. I'll uh, take a few steps back, have my gun ready, and I'll charge it. I'm not going to use any die, any dice because I, I might be able to do a second one. I don't know how high stakes it'll be, but I guess everyone's coming. Oh, man, there's time involved. Okay, I only have three more of these left but i have i have three die and one's a yeah i'll just do the three and one is gilded come on all right this door's going down and i'm ready i have a a maneuver in mind for when i bust bust through (laughs) okay i got a six not gilded but it's a six all right so he uh he hits it right at the seam of the door so he can uh he'll, he'll swing in with it he'll duck into a roll and come upright again brandishing his sidearm and he is unblinkingly looking around f- looking for targets scanning up scanning down he he knows he's, he knows well enough not to just uh, go side to side <laughs> you got to be a, a 360 on this
0: Alright, perfect. So as you push through that door, going into a roll, immediately scanning the area, surveying it, as you look around, you see in this space, it is dark and quiet. You see various shadows, but they are machines, these lifeless statues standing uh, within this room. A little bit of light is peeking in, but it is quite dark in here. But what you do notice, along parts of the wall, you see this almost shimmering white silken thread along some of the machines in the space as Arthur and Victor approach as well okay have I
3: seen uh, these uh, the silken material before
0: you have
3: okay and what what does it mean to me This
0: is the beginning of a nest
3: okay all right I, I, I'm putting my bead on everything like I'm looking down the barrel at everything
0: Go to make a survey roll for me okay.
3: So I only have one of these, and I do not have anything to add to it.
0: As you start to look around, is Arthur and Victor coming into the building, or are you staying outside? What are the two of you doing before Dom makes this roll?
6: I think seeing where Dom has gone, like seeing him go to this building, Victor's gut instinct is just... uh, follow right after him and find this thing that that killed philip
0: so you walk in and you see him looking around arthur
2: i think after kind of knowing how dom works and trusting a bit of his process here i'm gonna stand in the doorway and see if at least from the doorway i can maybe grab a piece of this silk such thing going around and uh pocket Are you being careful about it? Are you simply just grabbing it? If it's uh, within arm reach, I'll arm reach it. If it's a little above arm reach, I'll use my uh, my lecturing stick to pull it down.
0: Yeah, so it's just a little bit out of arm reach. You extend your lecturing stick and you're able to collect a bit of that silken thread, that webbing.
2: And then I will probably uh, step immediately outside the doorway Probably no more than like a foot, and just kind of keep an eye out, see if anyone's coming this way.
0: As you step in that doorway after collecting a little bit of that silken thread, you see now that Corporal Hannigan, Officer Jasper, and Marvin have returned, and you see that they're a little bit ahead. They're looking around for Victor at this point. As we cut away from Arthur, as you see this to Dominic and Victor inside this Aram Lumina factory, you're making that survey roll. Go ahead and do it. High stakes. I rolled a four as you look around scanning the area hearing victor's footsteps come up next to you you scan the space and your eyes lock onto something you see in like this cocoon in the shape of a human body you look as you scan up you see at the top of this this cocoon a face of a man. It's contorted. It looks like they were screaming. Frozen in time, the look of absolute fear upon this man's face. And as you see it, Dom, you can't help but remember all the faces that you had seen like this. You're going to take a brain. Oh,
3: Dom winces going back in time, seven years when he was on the in the field, so that this is one of the ones that fell away. He was asleep. Okay, so he's, they're building a nest. This thing's here. It could be food for the hatchlings, but I got to find Mama. I have to kill Mama. Where is this thing?
0: As you continue to look around, you see that where that body is, there is webbing that seems to go into this Almost like this nook, this little attic space that's on the far end of this room here. And you see that the webbing itself gets denser. Almost like a... It almost looks like it, it's built in a way that almost looks like a trap door, essentially. Okay. Circular space that kind of sways just a little bit. It's about 15 feet in diameter or five meters in diameter. The the webbing of like where this... It looks like a trap door.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, how close is this to us? And I think Victor is at my, is at my side, is that what you Victor said? Victor
0: is at your side, adjacent to where you see that body of this man that is webbed into the overall structure of this nest. You see, it's about, I would say 20 meters, about 60 feet away from you and about 20 feet up.
3: Dom is still on one knee. He uh, pulls up one pant leg and in a little holster there or a little sheath is uh, it's basically an old fashioned bayonet that he uses for a dagger victor right Uh, yeah and he puts it in victor's hand stay behind me
1: chris how many weapons do you even have on you shh
3: and then he rises but stays hunched over he has to think that he's been seen but he needs to get a bead on him literally like the bead at the at the nose of the of his gun he's and he's aiming it at that opening he needs to judge from the movement of that gauzy stuff to get the center of his target and he's just going to approach slowly until he sees something like that, if he does. He'll stop before he gets about 20 feet. He needs to, he's hoping to get that movement. All right, so as you
0: approach, Victor, do you continue to follow?
6: Yeah, while well, trying to be as, like, quiet as possible. I think I'm in, like, a, a low kind of crouch, and I'm, and I'm following right behind him, trying to scan, kind of like following his eyesight, um, trying to look for what where he's looking, basically.
0: As you approach, Dom, because you are leading, I'm gonna have you make a hide check for me. Remember too, you all can help each other so you can give people drives. I got nothing. <laughs> okay, this is a high stakes. Okay,
3: um, I'm gonna use some drive though.
6: What drive is it that you're doing?
3: Hide. Hide. So I've got two die and I take the lowest, but I'm I'll going to I'll spend... give you a
6: drive too.
3: Okay, so I'm to one die with, uh, you know, not a disadvantage. And I have three drive to use if I really want to, and one resistance if it doesn't go well. High stakes. I think this is the one. Yep. I'm gonna add three. I'm gonna use all three of my uh, my drive and cunning. So I got four dice. Okay. And this is so that I can try to get the drop on this thing. That's you can't you can't go second and do well against these things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a five, got a five.
0: As you and Victor sneak up quietly towards this, you see it swing up enough where you can get a beat and you see these glowing amber eyes looking down towards you.
3: There, there. I whisper that just loud enough for Victor here when I see the
0: eyes. Victor, you see it too. It
1: is even more horrifying up close. I
0: take the shot. Go to make a control roll for me.
6: I think as he takes the shot, too, I'm going to not make it at the same time, but, like, right when I hear that shot go off, I'll try to make a swipe.
0: Okay, you're going to try and throw...
6: Oh yeah, we're not right up next to it yet, huh?
0: No no, we're still we're still at least twenty five feet or so. Yeah, you're down. Ooh,
6: I'll um I'll try to throw my um my small knife, like my little baby knife.
0: I would say if you want to give give them a drive, you could as like a help. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say do that. So whatever DOM, whatever you're rolling, add an extra okay. D six, an extra D. It's die. a
6: control. What is it? A shoot? Yeah. Okay. So nerve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: nerve. For sure. Yeah.
3: Okay, so I have one dot and it's a uh, gilded, and I have another die from my new friend Victor. Uh, and I'm going to do and use my specialty sharpshooter. When you want to make a ranged attack, you may spend one nerve to steady your aim for shooting, and you may add plus two dice to your shot against the target.
0: Before you make that roll, we're going to cut away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back outside. Where. We find Marvin as Corporal Hannigan and Officer Jasper. There was that sound of the door being broken down and they look kind of in that direction and they see Arthur standing in the doorway and they begin heading in that direction towards the building there. As they walk, Corporal Hannigan looks towards Arthur. Where's the boy? I'm tired of playing these games, getting the run around. Where is he? Just, just... Real quick, give me a moment. Uh clarify what you mean by the boy.
2: Victor Kral. Oh yeah, I believe um I believe Officer Novora I believe that's her name. I believe she she handled that. I don't know. We're we're in there playing um uh you know, the Prosecco puzzle party, and it's getting a little bit rowdy, so I had to come out and get some air.
0: Arthur, as you say this to Corporal Hannigan, go ahead and make a, a sway roll for me.
2: Yeah, I'll spend two drive on that.
5: Marvin, are you doing anything in this moment? I'm not going to mechanically do anything, but I will say.
4: I really don't appreciate you leveling these accusations against my bodyguards. They've done nothing but the upstanding.
0: Okay, I got a five. Hearing what Marvin says, Corporal Hannigan, all right. I you two are gonna. I need. I need the two of you to go. You gotta come with me right now. I need to have a talk with you two. Might require a little trip down to the precinct.
4: Are we under arrest, officer or corporal? I. I've been nothing but helpful.
0: I need you two to just. This is an active crime scene. Still, we have our, our main suspect is missing. At this point. So go come, come with me. I, I,
4: why are you? Why are you bothering us? We've tried to help you as much as we can. Go, go search for him. We'll we'll get we'll clear out of this area. I've got to go inside and like find my other bodyguard, but I think Dominic tends to drink a little bit much. But I wish you luck on your on your attempts to find Victor.
0: As you say this at Corporal Hannigan, he looks at you, Marvin, just shakes his head, discouraged. But before he looks over to Officer Jasper, go try and st- go talk to Officer Navarro and we'll search the area for him. After he says that, Officer Jasper leaves. You see Corporal Hannigan walks up to Arthur and grabs him by the cuff of his shirt and pulls him in close. I don't appreciate your well, your demeanor in a situation like this. You
2: know, officer, if you wanted some
0: private time, all you had to do was ask. You're going to hear just very briefly this unclick on the side of his belt. And he's going to take his slub and he's going to jab you right in the chest. And you're going to take a body uh, as the wind gets knocked out of you. And he's going to turn around and walk away.
2: As I kind of drop to my knees, knee from that, I'm going to see if I can look over to officer Navarro and kind of uh, do that, that cutoff sign, you know, where you do
0: your hand at your neck, kind of like the... No go, not good. Perfect, yeah. She sees it. she just, she nods back to you and she immediately starts walking to uh, towards Corporal Hannigan. Actually, she walks right past because Officer Jasper is walking towards us. So she just walks right past him towards Corporal Hannigan, ignoring the other officer. As that happens, she walks towards Corporal Hannigan. Conversation begins happening. You can't quite hear, it's a little bit out of earshot. But as that happens, we cut back to inside the factory building here.
3: <laughs> okay. I got four di- four dice here, one of which is gilded. Double, six, one is gilded.
0: Whoa. Critical oh, oh, success. Oh. Okay.
3: Oh. I'm gonna put back one of those
0: drives too. Nice. As you fire the gun, Victor throwing a blade You just knew where it was. And as you fire through, it tears a hole in this, essentially like this web-trapped door and you hear this screech. And as it flips open, Victor's knife flies and it strikes the creature right in the middle of its head as it crawls out from within uh, and starts climbing up the ceiling to get a high vantage point above the two of you as it is furious. As it comes out of that, the as the trap door opens, you see hundreds of these little spiders descending out.
3: Oh my God. I just look over my shoulder. Like d- the thing is startled for a second, right after taking a couple hits like that.
0: Yeah. So it's 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 definitely making its way towards you because of the, that critical success on that shot. Uh, it crawls down, and it, it is it's certainly you hit it in a point between the two of you. It's pretty hurt, but it is also in a desperation mode, and it is coming at you hard. As you strike it, it's going to drop down towards you, and it's going to try and take a swipe as you see two of its legs, which are sharp like knives, kind of come in like almost like pincers and try and like stab you two uh, in the side. As it does, I need you both to make a move check for me. Okay.
3: I'm gonna use uh, one of my drive, the drive that I just earned back. You go ahead, Victor.
6: Uh, Okay, I have mine.
0: I have a two.
3: I got a six and a five.
0: Dom, you're able to leap out of the way, but in doing so, you see Victor gets kind of pivot into the area where the two pincers.
3: Well, what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to use my behind me power here. I spend one nerve to choose an ally in the same areas as me who is about to take a mark from a phenomenon which i think he's about to <laughs> um yeah so i and i describe what i do that allows me to take the mark instead with that that six i mean uh, i'm gonna ride that i'm going to i'm gonna see those pincers coming at this young man that ran directly after me followed every instruction without hesitation um, this kid's a soldier I jump in front I like uh I basically leap on top of him and take it in the back whatever is coming at him
0: Okay, so you're gonna soak one of those. So you're gonna take one of those bodies. So yeah, so as you go to block, you're able to, it cuts across your back, tearing your shirt. You feel the blood start to drip down your back, Dom. uh, Because you rolled a two on that though, Victor, it is going to be, uh, instead of taking two bodies, you're only gonna take one because Dom took one of them for you. As Dom kind of gets in the way, you still get hit by one of these legs as it flings you across and you crash up against a wall as you take a body. But as that happens, some of these smaller spiders begin crawling towards you as well. But you have a moment where Mama Nightmare Crawler, uh, she's repositioning herself and looking towards Dom.
3: I'm gonna empty uh, the rest of the chambers in my uh, 44 on this thing. And I'm going to tuck this guy under my arm and shoot as I walk backwards towards the door. Cause these things scuttling, I don't have that many bullets. So we, yeah, we have to figure this out. Yeah, I don't know how many shots I can get off. I don't know how fast I am. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Shit is scary, man. So I'm going to do. I only have two more of these left. I'm gonna use a sharpshooter again. Okay. This is this
0: is a this is a big roll. Okay.
3: So I have three die, three dice, and uh, one of them is gilded. <laughs> Oh, okay, I got a four. The two is gilded, but I
0: got to take the four. <laughs> this is gonna hurt, Victor. Hold on. As you hold on to Victor, dragging, pulling him back with you as you go, and you're just unloading shot after shot after shot, holding Victor in your arms. As the gun's going off, this nightmare crawler looks you in the eyes, and you feel yourself back on a battlefield once again. One of your own soldiers in your arm, trying to get them back to a safe location. As you fire and fire and fire and fire, you just keep clicking on it. After all the bullets have been released from your gun, you just keep clicking and clicking. Your eyes locked on this as you see it falling to the ground, but you, you can't stop. You just keep firing and firing. And Victor, you feel your, the wind being squeezed out of you as Dom pulls you back towards the door.
3: And Dom, Dom is growling. He's saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't stop breathing. Look at me. You're gonna make it.
0: You are making it quite difficult. As Victor says that, you you come back to Dom and you hear just the creature crash on the ground. You hear crushing of the smaller spiders. Uh, being crushed beneath this massive beast, this nightmare crawler, as you get towards a door and you you kind of bump into Arthur, uh, who's picking himself up from the ground as these, the small little spiders continue to crawl towards you, towards the door. Burn it down, burn it down. And Marvin, uh, you would see this as well as they come to the door. And At this point too, Captain Navarro has, seems to have taken Corporal Hannigan and Officer Jasper on a wild goose chase at this point.
5: Hearing burn it down? I will immediately rip part of my shell Bar and dump all the rest of the flash powder that I had used and just strike a little uh, flint and tinder and chuck that handful into the room. Like, I'm looking for, like, something flammable in that factory, whether that be a um, a wooden box, a crate, something like that.
3: I wonder if that gauzy stuff will... uh go
0: up as you throw that into the building it does ignite the webbing there and you start to see the smaller nightmare crawlers uh chittering away as the flame licks up against the webbing and begins to encapsulate the space as it catches on wooden boxes uh and the flames just continue to grow and grow uh, as you just continue to hear these chitterings nightmare crawlers just screeching out uh, as the flames begin to erupt, as you all are able to step out of the door, closing it behind you.
3: There's, there's no sign of uh, the corporal.
0: It seems they are. It seems they are gone at this point. Okay,
3: we got to get out of here. But is everyone safe?
0: Are you okay?
1: I mean, it, you were somewhere else for like a couple of seconds.
3: We can't talk about that now.
1: Okay, but I would like to, so I'm going to remind you.
6: Victor will kind of look around and.
1: Okay, uh, where to next? Uh, does anyone know where that, that piece of crap. There's a, uh, an officer that had me in cuffs. Uh, he must be looking for me.
4: Did you tell him where you lived? Because if so, we can go down to the. to the docks, to the harbor front, try to hide out there for a little.
1: I did not tell him where I lived. I. He's kind of a pain in my ass, to be honest. Um, that aside, uh, what's in the harbor fronts?
4: Oh, it's just where I know the area best. It's just kind of my hangout. Um, nothing particular about it.
1: Do you know if they patrol down there frequently, or is
4: it, is it safe? It's as good as any spot. Uh, I suspect you also need an explanation of why we're involved, too. You kind of earned it. Yeah, I think that would be
1: quite nice, actually. That's so like...
3: Okay, guys, this conversation has to be on the
0: road. This place is burning down.
1: Agreed, let's go. Okay, yeah, we can, yeah, we can we talk the is? way. I, 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 yeah.
0: As you all leave this courtyard where these Arab Lumina factories reside, you make your way out of here. And that's where we'll end this episode. That concludes Assignment 197, Beyond the Veil. Vale. Tune in next time as we continue the story of the Circle of Dawn's Macabre in the mysteries that await them within the twisting streets of Nevermore. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello. Kylie Hollop here, Game Master of Season 1 of the Streets of Nevermore podcast. I wanted to take a moment to shout out our Patreon subscribers, Benjamin Hadler, Kenneth Torek, The Final Holmes, and Seth George for your support. If you are interested in becoming a patron of the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash DiceScape to learn more about the available tiers and the perks you get for becoming a DiceScape Patreon subscriber. Some of those extra perks and bonus content is available now on the Patreon, including Victor Krause audio logs and office hours with Professor Wright, and a lot more. Links to our Patreon will be found in the show notes and a link to a video breaking down the various Patreon tiers. Your patronage helps support our small team scattered across the country, put together each episode as we continue to refine our craft, utilize better resources so that we can deliver continually evolving episodes throughout the remainder of the season and beyond. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing the next episode with you soon. Bye bye. The problem is that there's no way to do it. And then you have 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 to do it. Streets of Nevermore, a DiceScape podcast, was created using the Darrington Press Community Gaming License. The Illuminated World Standard Resource Document is owned and copyrighted by Darrington Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Streets of Nevermore, a DiceScape podcast, is adapted and based on content created and owned by Darrington Press. Candela Obscura, Darrington Press, LLC, 2023, available at DarringtonPress.com.